Fearscape Media Network, exploring the unknown, one podcast at a time. Hello, dear friends. I'm your head mister, Lord Stephen Gearhart. And I am your co-mister, the man with no name, Lance Wayne. And together we are the misters of the... the Uh, Let's try it again. The misters of the... the, 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 Lance! The misters of the dark! Don't shut up! Whatever. Join us wherever you stream your favorite podcasts or go to mistersofthedark.com where we'll be discussing all things horror from films and books to everything in betweensies. We also have the occasional victim. (laughs) I mean, guest. (laughs) Only on the Fearscape Mania Network. <laughs> Shut up, Lance! Oh, I always get the last laugh. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another fantastic, amazing, spectacular episode of The Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan. I am your superbly unqualified host, Stefan Gearhart, joined as always by the mediocre but qualified co-host, Mr. Josh Rutledge. Mediocre sounds like pudding. I would Um, eat mediocre pudding, like, real quick. Yeah. I mean, it would be good, but not great. No, it's the it's that mediocre pudding. It's that mediocre pudding, man. Um, Josh, we got a great show tonight, man. Uh, we got we Dave do. Scott from Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Radio. Spaced yep. Out Radio. Uh, we got Dave Scott to say it. on the show, man. <laughs> I always want to say it like pop up video. Spaced, Spaced Out, Out Radio. Radio. Yep, I like that. Uh, but yeah, he's gracious enough to uh, stop hosting his own show. I think uh, sometimes I feel yeah. like this man runs a 24-7 show. <laughs> I, I feel like it. I, I swear, like it. Like I, I, in my opinion, Dave Scott is the hardest working man in the for, paranormal community, for sure. For sure. For man, sure. dude's always yeah. busting tail. I get more um, more uh, uh, notifications and alerts about Dave Scott than anybody. Yep, yep. I mean, it, it like... He's live more than people are awake. <laughs> yep. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad he took some time uh, to uh, get interviewed so we can dig a little deeper with him uh, and his experiences and, and whatnot. Uh, very pumped about that. Quick reminder, uh, if you guys want to check out our archive episodes, go to theconvergenceenigma.com. You can check out all the past episodes, even when we were back as Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. You can check that out. Uh, uh, yep. Theconvergenceenigma.com slash store. That's the way you can support us by a t-shirt, by a hat by whatever uh all of that goes to helping produce this show to uh or remarkable things you know if you you just want to buy us a coffee even you go to buymeacoffee.com slash fearscape because we haven't changed it over yet and uh just you know drop five six bucks we'll we'll buy a coffee or beer and if you just don't want to do anything that's also okay we provide this for you free of charge no worries um we're glad you're here we are absolutely glad you're here uh, so, Josh, let's go ahead and get to our first segment of the week before we get to our interview with Mr. Dave Scott, which is Psychic Word of the Week. And now, the 
Psychic World of the Week. Psychic Word of the Week comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from June G. Bletzer, PhD. You were, you were like channeling a little bit of Dan Aykroyd there. I think. Yeah, dude, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, I've been yeah. seeing him all over the place because now he's like the go-to guy to uh get to review your new movie so like tear in the sky like i saw it was like yeah. dan Aykroyd's like i drink my crystal fed vodka to this wait, and then wait, the wait, aerial wait. one that's coming out what wait, is it tear in the sky is it i thought it was tear in the sky Am no, I, saying I don't know i don't know because i haven't seen it yet <laughs> i don't know well, it's the tear and tear are spelled the same way. I know. So it now, all depends. Like, I'm like, man, was the ship in a tear ship or was the ship in a tear ship? Man, I don't know. Um, if you guys are listening, please comment. Let us know on our social let media. Let us know. <laughs> uh, and I know some jerk is just going to put it's pronounced and then just put T E A R. It's actually French and it's Tier. Yeah, Tier. Um, but, anyways, um, yeah, Dan, right. thank you. Yeah. Uh, but, anyways, so. Uh, as usual, we flipped through the book randomly, uh, landed on page 463. The first phrase that I came across this week was personal haunting. We haven't had like a, a ghosty one in a while. Uh, so yeah. this says personal haunting. Uh, the definition here uh, is as follows. The hovering of an earthbound entity close to an earthling, encouraging him or her to increase an unwanted habit. Hmm. Earthbound entity uses his or her own energy, as in mental psychism, attaches periodically to an earthling who is a negative thinker, materialistic person, or who shares the same frailties of the discarnate being, impresses in the earthling's mind to keep up the activity he or she desires, making it harder for the earthling to relinquish the habit. Discarnate being receives pleasure by memory. Do not confuse this with an environmental haunting in which the earthbound entity uses energy in an environment and the results are physical psychism. Hmm. You know, it almost sounds like a psychic vampire. Uh, yes, uh, some, yeah. a little bit. Uh, it, I mean, it's yeah, interesting, going... her terminology, right? Yeah. That she uses the, to just describe humans. She describes them as earthlings. Um, I thought that was very I mean, it's... interesting. It's an important distinction. I mean, it is because it's, you know they they have many people have theorized that there are other human populations on other worlds, right? Right. Just like as depicted in Star Wars and other things that you know. So yeah. So then it makes you wonder: is uh, uh, do these personal hauntings only affect Earthlings then, and not say the Lanyulosians? Well, I mean, that's that's really got you know a lot of the stuff in the book that talks specifically about Earthlings we've mentioned before. You know, does it have an impact on anything other than Earthlings? And maybe June G. Blutzer didn't know because she didn't have an opportunity to interview Elaine Eulogian. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe she took off with one and never got to finish. You know, writing volume two. <laughs> maybe that's what happened to Indrid Cold. They got married for sure, or yep. it was a Carl Ardo or whatever his name was. He crashed his ship. His, his slang, his slang for he got married and couldn't go out anymore. He got hitched because he knocked her up. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does kind of sound like a personal uh, haunting is kind of like a a, uh, a succubus in a way or or an energy vampire because yeah, they really focused on habits and um, yeah. Uh, bad things you know it's like they they feed it's it, it was said without saying it that they feed off of that negative energy yeah yeah but yeah that it, so that they, it just focused on one person and could follow them anywhere as opposed to just being in a home i'll follow you anywhere uh, never let go jack never let go um, but all right, let's go ahead and get to our last segment before we get to Mr. Dave Scott, uh, which is doo -doo 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 -doo, Cryptid of the Week. Oh, hell yeah! Hi, y'all. It's the Jersey Devil. Hope y'all are ready to meet some of my friends. Cryptid of the Week. Everybody, it's the Jersey Devil. I just wanted to say hello, Josh. I have missed your beautiful, beautiful snaz. Snaz? Yes. Is that like a 
That's a Jersey my Devil for nose. nose. Yeah, man, it looks okay. good on you, man. I tell you what, if you was a Halloween costume, I would say you're one of them sexy ones. I don't know if maybe a snaz is when your eyeballs are in your nose nostrils. Well, you know they say snozberries taste like snozberries. They taste that way because you can smell it. Well, you know, truth, smell, is, smell is important for taste. That's for it, sure. Is it true? Well, anyways, Josh, we got to get on, man. Stefan wants me to introduce you to one of my friends. And the friend that I'm going to introduce you to that is the cryptid of the week hails from my home state of New Jersey. The Gator Man. I know, don't get scared. And please, Josh, refrain from saying see you later, alligator. That'll just piss him off so quick. I didn't know if it was one of those things where if I say it three times, he shows up. Oh, no, he might do that um, if you knock on his door. It's a swamp door, but he might just do that. But anyways, not much is known about my friend Gator Man, which I also just call him Gary. Um, But we do know that in the summer of 1973 that the residents of New Jersey's Newton Lafayette area were plagued by what eyewitnesses described as a large humanoid alligator. He is much much taller than me, Josh. Let me tell you, boy. He he's like the Groot of the cryptid world. Ah, okay. He is. He, he, he say, says, I, I, I am Gator, Gator Man. Yeah. <laughs> you know if we watch the same movies, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, the uh the folklore here comes from he says a local journalist covered the story and compared the creature to an enduring Native American legend about a giant man-sized fish that could never be caught. Boy, all you all you men out there in the south, boy, y'all just got them fish you can't catch. How's it got a man sized? Well, it's not necessarily man size. Could be could be Bigfoot size, could be a half a man size. It don't matter. But regardless, what makes the New Jersey Gator Man stand out uh, amongst the other lizard type men like the Loveland Frogs um, is the fact that the existence was publicly acknowledged by a state employee. They don't even recognize me, Josh. That's why I moved to Phoenix. I had to get out of New Jersey. They didn't believe in me. Now I'm out here corralling cactus cats. Corralling cactus cats. Young men from the tribe of Canagera make crocodile armor in their body by a ritual where they get scars that look like crocodile's armor. Now, this is probably just a coincidence. But anyways, the statement came in 1977 when a New York City conservation naturalist, Alfred Hulstruck, reported that the state's southern tier was apparent home of a scaled man-like creature which appears at dusk from the red algae-infested waters to forage among the fern and moss-covered uplands. Although this is uh, the only official comment in regards to the Gator Man, the simple fact, Josh, that a city official publicly acknowledged my friend says something for the credibility. It certainly does. I mean, it's, you know, kind of a slap in the face for you, though, J.D., it is, but at least there's physical evidence for me. There is no physical evidence for the New Jersey Gator Man. It's never been brought to light. I mean, he's a sneaky, slippery guy. <laughs> I mean, one time we got into a hugging match, and I'll tell you what, I hugged him so hard he shot to the moon. Just <laughs> went right up. <laughs> tell you what, man, but there's a lot. A lot of eyewitness reports, public acknowledgement from the city official, they all vote well for the existence of this creature. And uh, during the summer of 1973, multiple people saw my friend. Now, there, there is a theory out there. Now, I think it's bunk. But Gator Man, he likes to, Gary, he just hangs on to this one. There's a theory that this is an unknown species of large alligator that evolved from the dinosaur or uh, what they called the Pristic Champus Rolinati. Yeah. I don't know. That, I mean, Pristicampus Rolinati sounds like a branch of the Illuminati. Right? That's what I was saying, man. I also think that he kind of looks like a lost villain from Thundercats. Possibly. Like that the frog guy? Yeah, well, he mean, this is just one that never made it to the show. Like, they got the yeah, Gator right. Man, and they were like, Mm-mm, let's try him out on He-Man. And even He-Man was like, mm-mm. Yeah. He doesn't have sucker fish hands, and he can't climb. And stuff, no, he but. can't do any of that stuff. And I told him to get an agent, but he just won't get an agent. I, he wants to be an actor. 
you know, but he's scared he's going to get shot. And I said, you got scales. The only way somebody's going to get you is well, if you're in Rivertown and somebody shoots a bow and arrow straight in that little hole in your chest. I mean, he probably needs to get over that when people, like when he goes to casting calls and stuff, they say, see you later, Gator. He needs to get over that. I know. He gets he's real mad. He's, though. He's, eating, to it. he's eating a lot of people, man. I'll tell you what. He's eating <laughs> a lot of my friends. Uh, my friends, too. Cryptids and humans alike. But, Josh, that's what I got for you this week. I'm going to hand the reins back over to Stefan. All right, Josh, that's what we got. So, uh, Gator Man, pretty cool. So, let's go ahead then and get moving on to our interview tonight. Uh, Digging Deeper with Dave Scott. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. We are back here uh, on the Convergence Enigma with Josh and Stefan. Of course, we've got special guest Dave Scott uh, from Spaced Out Radio. Uh, We're so glad to have you here, man. How are you doing, Dave? I am great, man. Thank you so much for the invite. You know, I don't get a lot of invites. So when I do these, I get excited. <laughs> we get excited because we like to we like to reach out to the people that we listen to. So, <laughs> guys, so we you. we are very uh, enamored, so to speak, to have you here yeah. on our show. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're very glad to have you because, uh, like I said, we're, we're big time fans and we love the show and, and all that stuff. Josh is, is and all. All the all the announcements, man. You you spend. I don't know where you get time. You must have like a time machine or something. You go back in time and send out notifications and announcements. But it's <laughs> it, it's it's insane to do it for just our channel. That's what we said in our intro. We said that Dave Scott is the hardest working man in paranormal radio. That's for sure. <sighs> you know, uh, I'm either really stupid or really <laughs> onto something. <laughs> <laughs> one of those two, but no, guys. All credit goes to my team that makes uh, my job very, very easy. I have a a great booking team with Cat, Bree, and Jessica, and and Nick, and I have a you know like once I get into the studio, everything is already prepared for me. Mm. Um, I love that. I'm long enough in the game in journalism uh, for the last 24 years that. I don't prepare a lot of questions. I've already got my angle going in on on every guest, and and we formulated the show like you you got to know what your strong strengths are and what your weaknesses are. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. guys, I am I am terrible at science. Terrible. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm terrible at, at ancient history. It it does you know like the ancient aliens things. It doesn't interest me at all. Like uh, it just doesn't interest me and so once you cut down a for to a formula of what works what doesn't what sits good with you it makes life quite easy and uh the only real stressful part is uh is when you have a guest who gives you know two three word answers and when you don't have a guest who uh, does that it makes life even better yeah oh yeah that's a fact <laughs> that is well, a that's fact, what you know we try to become, you know, jack of all trades, so to speak, and that we try to know a little bit about everything in the par- paranormal UFO world, um, so that you know we can pretty much converse at some level with everybody we have on the show. But uh, yeah, we appreciate that. Oh, um, hey, hey! The best part about being on this side of the microphone is we get to BS a little bit with our guests. And, oh yeah, <laughs> you know we get to know yeah. a little bit about a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. Unless yeah. you got Alan Greenfield, then he's being BSing with you. So. Give <laughs> me a gem. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> um, but I want to say, I, you know, we're getting close. I know uh, you launched this back in 2014, so we're just, you know, two and a half years away from hitting a decade, man. That's that's impressive, man. On spaced out. So. Well, I mean, you know what? There's a lot of sacrifice that goes into that, and I, th- I thank my 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 beautiful partner. She has been my rock out of all those times over the years that I wanted to quit. Um. She's like, no, you got to keep it going. She's very way more spiritual than me. I'm more anxious and introverted, <laughs> and she's more uh, outgoing and and you know she's cautious in ways. But when she feels she needs to speak her mind, she does. And and you know I don't talk a lot about my family on the air because um, I just don't feel comfortable right. in that. But 
it's one of those things where you know if it wasn't for her if it wasn't for a number of other people who i'm close to i probably would have burned down this studio a long time (laughs) i mean if i would have guys if i would have known then what i know now about this entire field it's not really worth it you know what i'm saying i do (laughs) i'm so far in now that I have to keep going. I have. That's, you know, it's yeah. it's like it's like when you when you have unlimited Legos. You know, you never have <laughs> one yes. that's left. You got to find a place for it, even though if it, it's a different color and doesn't match what you're doing. And it's the same way with you know, this. I have to see it out now. I well, I, you know, I did one time. I did with the Legos. I had the one. It was a white piece, and I had all these red Legos. So I just took my mom's red nail polish and painted it. <laughs> Uh, nice. to make it work <laughs> true but you know, you know um it, <coughs> excuse me it's really hard when you think about do you think you'll ever solve the mystery no no it's the it's the journey right but that's actually a good question though josh it's what's the mystery is it yeah. is it ufos and aliens is it a secret land where all the cryptids are is it life after death like, you know, there are some brilliant people in these fields, man. Some brilliant people. You've talked to them. I've talked to them. And, you know, I find it's always the people who aren't very well heard of who have the best answers. Yes. Agreed. <laughs> the one thing that bugs me about this field, and and I'm using the word paranormal as an umbrella term mm-hmm. here is that there are so many people where it's their way or the highway, yes. you know, um, it, it's really shaken me to the core of it's easy to figure out why we haven't gotten any closer to solving anything. And it doesn't matter whether it's ghosts, UFOs, the cryptid world, we do it to ourselves. We we continually shoot ourselves in the foot. The minute we start getting some momentum going forward, you know, we have to we have to shoot ourselves in the foot and kill any momentum that we have. So are we are we closer to an answer? No, I don't think we are. I mean, how many people? I mean, if you take the ghost world for instance, there's over fifty thousand plus ghost hunters in North America alone. Mm-hmm. And you really want to trip up a ghost hunter? Ask them what they do with their evidence. They don't know oh. what they're doing with it. Yeah. Seriously. If, if you want to really see what the paranormal is about, go take ABC Paranormal Team out of whatever state or province and ask them, what do you do with your evidence? They'll say, well, we we go through it and see what we can collect. Great. Well, what do you do with it after? Mm-hmm. Well, what do you mean? Well, what do you do with it after? Yeah. And these yeah. are people uh, who are, uh, I like to call weekend warriors. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're not out there to, they pretend that they're out there to solve questions they pretend that they're out there to solve the answers. They're, you know, they're the people who on their website have the team skeptic and every picture's the same. <laughs> That's so <laughs> you true. You know? Yes. Try it with me, boys. It's actually good. <laughs> yep. It's always on an angle, too. Yep. The psychic is always a goth chick. Yeah. And, you know, and I just don't get it. Like, why can't, there are some people doing some good work out there, okay? I think of a guy like Ross Allison or David Weatherly, Joshua Cutchin, Timothy Renner, just to Mm -hmm. name a few, okay, that are doing some incredible work in actually trying to solve these mysteries. And I just wish that everybody else would stop playing the part, okay? you know, we... Sorry, go ahead. Finish your point. No, please. Okay, well, we've, we've talked about how um, 
number one, and Stefan, I think you were the first one to say this a couple weeks ago, ghost hunter is the wrong name, is the wrong you're not hunting yeah, it. They're not you're hunting not... and slaying this beast, right? <laughs> Just like you said, they they don't even get to put it on a shelf. The evidence that they have, it's it's, right. it's digital. <laughs> um, and, and then the next thing is, is um, it, it makes you wonder. You know, we everybody does what they do in the paranormal world for a specific reason, right? We do this show. Um, really just to share with people our own experiences and other people's experiences so that they can know they're not alone, right? So the people that go out on the weekend to do ghost investigations, why are they doing it? Maybe they should ask themselves, why am I doing this? Is it for me? Is it for the person, the client? You know, why am I doing this? Guys, I'll be going out this weekend to go look for Sasquatch, man. And I'm going into an area where... uh, I, I've been before. I've had some stuff. And you know what? I don't carry a camera. I don't care. Like, I, 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 I can admit, I'm not a researcher. Right. I'm a journalist by trade. I'm an experiencer. I'm just trying to enhance my experience. Mm-hmm. I want to see one. I want to be up close and personal. Mm-hmm. I want to be uh, right there with everything, man. And yeah, I want to feel it. I want to see it. I, hopefully touch it maybe not get murdered by it but right <laughs> that would well maybe you know that would be a good death <laughs> I, I gotta say it would absolutely be absolutely. a pretty solid you death. imagine you imagine by sasquatch <laughs> you come up to the, the the pearly gates of heaven and saint peter is there and he's like looks at you and he's like what the heck happened to you i got killed by sasquatch not many people get to say that on this planet. <laughs> that we <Not> know of. <laughs> but no, Dave, I mean, that's that's precisely why we we moved our show from originally it was called Fearscape to the Convergence Enigma, because it's that same thing. It's like we're sick of, first of all, not everything's scary. Second of all, there there's some sort of converging thing that that's there that there there's some sort of related something or unrelated hell that that could even be the enigma that's there but it's like i can't just focus on one thing and i we want to experience it and it is josh and i just decided a long time ago it's for us because yeah no matter what type of evidence you put out there somebody's gonna say it's doctored no matter what so it doesn't matter it's for you this has been one of my sorry to cut you off by the way no you're fine I'm just being a jerk here for a second. Oh, usually it's me being a jerk, so don't worry about it. (laughs) You bring up a good, good point right there, Stefan. And that is, what is proof? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, you guys are probably like me. You you look at the at the the UFO Twitter, and you look at uh, all the the paranormal stuff, and you look at all the Bigfoot stuff out there, and you look at it, and you're like seeing all the the whining and complaining and and the armchair quarterbacks experts mm-hmm. who are saying you know well this isn't proof this isn't proof this th- that's cgi that's this that's yeah. that all right what is proof and and everybody's proof is different yep that's the problem yep. is you're trying to fit proof into a square peg when it deserves a triangle hole yeah. or a round hole. And, you know, I think we, us three, we're pretty, we're pretty uh, uh, fair and accommodating gentlemen who can have a conversation. And I can pretty much guarantee that we're all going to, to have different understanding of what proof is. Yeah. Because the one thing that we do know, like you said, a photograph ain't good anymore. Nope. A video is worse. Well, in- we're not and, accepting and, anecdotal evidence. Nope. Yeah. Well, so first-hand accounts, it's weird because first-hand accounts True. tend to get more action than a video or or a picture these days. Because yeah. you're like, well, it's my buddy. You know, and I, I trust my, I mean, I, it happens to me all the well, time. But yeah, it's, there, there first, is no such thing as proof. It's like what Josh and I had said the other day. There's no such, I think we were talking to Alan Greenfield too. There's no, the skeptics that are out there, they're not skeptics. We're skeptics. We're the skeptics. They're debunkers. That's what yeah. they do. They, they need to stop calling themselves skeptics because they're not. They're just there to debunk no matter what. Because if they can say, well, it's possible that it's CGI, therefore it's impossible that it's real. And that, that's, that's not yeah. a burden of, of proof. And you know, 
look, the, I don't know if you guys are experiencers or not, like we hardcore. Are. We are. Okay. Yeah. So then you'll understand with, with what I'm saying here, guys, is this. There's a lot of experiencers out there that are so traumatized by the events that have happened to them that some can't work, some can't sleep at night, some are suicidal, some have, are depressed, most of them have anxiety, okay? And they can't hold down a job outside of a, maybe a part-time job. They're struggling paying their bills. You know, they don't have, you know, they don't have the best of lives because of the way the phenomena has treated them. And all they have is a story, okay? They're not worried about, you know, setting up a camera in the corner of the dining room because Aunt Edna, who died in 76, may all of a sudden come by for a little cup of tea. Right. That isn't what it's about. This is about people who are totally afraid to be in their houses, to sleep in their bedrooms, to to walking outside because maybe, just maybe, they've been taken while taking little uh, Scruffy the Poodle for a walk. Right. There is a huge reality that the that many of the debunkers don't get. People are scared. Yep. This is affecting real lives on this planet. And then and, they're scared at the same time of being treated as insane. Like there's that aspect yeah. as well that still exists. In, in where did somebody society. turn? Yeah. Well, where does somebody turn? They're being, you know, mainstream society doesn't believe them because they don't believe anything outside of what's on their iPhone or yep. Samsung. All right. Their own communities are saying, yeah, well, you know, your story's anecdotal. I can't really believe that. Yeah, don't even try to take it to church. <laughs> can't take it to church. Can't go to your doctor. Okay? Can't go tell your boss, why were you late the last four mornings in a row? I was abducted by aliens, boss. Right. You're fired. Yeah. Yep. No, seriously, I was abducted by aliens. Look at the marks on my body. Yep. You're fired. You need a psychiatrist. Yep. That's reality. Our own community is turned on these people because of proof. And I don't think that that is a very fair <coughs> statement for any of us to be making at this time, especially well, when A, there are no experts and B, there is no proof, even though no, we know well, the phenomena is happening. And, and, you know, when you talk about, when you talk about proof, and we talked a little bit before about, you know, what is the mystery? What is the problem we're trying to solve? Um, you know, if we were to ever get to any sort of semblance of, of proof that some that the vast majority of people would accept as proof, the 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 really like you just talked about here, the people who are hurting from this experiences that they're having every day or multiple times a day sometimes, what is the outcome from them? What what does that proof get them? Does it result in healthcare recognizing their illnesses as legitimate? Or their experiences as legitimate to be able to treat appropriately, you know what is that? What is that in you know? So this the first we have to figure out what the mystery is. Then we have to figure out how do we prove the mystery. And then once we do that, what does that mean? What is the result next? What do we do with that information? What do we do with that evidence? Because it seems like most of the people that are in our field just want to post it on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. YouTube's the weirdo dictionary, man. It's not even podcasts anymore. Yeah. You know, YouTube is the weirdo dictionary. And and I'm quite okay with that. I like YouTube. I do too. I really and, and TikTok. Give me give me your weird videos. I do like watching them. <laughs> oh. You know what? I, I got to tell you, totally off tangent, I am addicted to these videos that are coming out of China of these Chinese fishermen who they they will take like, like dead animals as bait and they will throw them into these ponds that are of salt water and then when the tide rolls in over top of the rocks all the fish come in and feed off of that then they take all of these water pumps and drain uh the the pond at low tide and then they collect all the fish <laughs> i mean it's i'm, I'm addicted to, i'm gross brilliant <laughs> you know like, yeah, work smarter not harder I'm sorry, I don't find eels very appetizing, mm -mm. you know, but it, it amazes. I'm addicted to that. I'm addicted to Jack Vale 
at his uh, at his farting in Walmart. You know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's that's good stuff. I don't, you know what? I'll be honest with you, and I say that those in jest because I don't watch a lot of of YouTube UFO video channels. I yeah. really don't. I'm so disassociated with the way people treat each other in this community that it's very hard for me to sit down and watch a documentary. I get literally at minimum 10 to 30 UFO cryptid videos sent to me a day. Mm -hmm. And I wish I was exaggerating on that number. Yeah. We definitely don't get that much, but we definitely get them. (laughs) Yeah. And people are like, you got to see this man. Yeah. And then when you, like I work a full-time job. Okay. I work a full-time job and then I got to do the radio show at night. And somewhere in between there, I have to be a hubby. I have to be a father. I have to uh, take care of myself, which I never seem to. (laughs) And I get people get mad. Well, why did I send you that video? Well, I'm sorry, I haven't had time to watch it. Would you like me to catch it in the five hours sleep that I get per night? (laughs) Right. And, and, you know, that's just the way it is. But I mean, every, but everybody guys is pretty, whether it's me or you guys or everything, we're all trying to get to this, asking the same questions. Yeah. And, and we're all trying to get to the same answers. Yeah. And unfortunately, Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think the vast majority of people, though, really just want validation, right? That they're not alone. They're not crazy, whatever the case may be. Hugely. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, these same people that are that are debunking out there and doing these things like that. uh, And don't get me wrong. I I respect religion, but believe in God or gods or or saints or these things that are unseen um, and have no burden of proof put on them either. You know, yet that or on the on the flip side, the the people that are in there fighting, it's worse than politics. You know, we're supposed to be one team here. (laughs) You know, it's I know. You know, you look at someone like Lou Elizondo. Mm-hmm. When I interviewed him a week ago, he he literally was at the end of his podcast tour. And and I talked to him beforehand and I said, kind of, you know, this is the way we're going with the show. And and I said, hey, man, like, why are you going up? Why are you going dark? And part of his reasoning was. I'm t- tired of the B.S., Yep. I'm tired of, you know, like when his wife told me on email, the death threats and the threats that they get. All right. It's like UFO land. What more do you want for the last 60 years? You've wanted someone of his ilk to come public about what is going on. We finally get him, and he leaves that mishmash organization, the TTSA. And we finally get him. And what have we done? We've abused him. Yep. yep. Yeah, he's been getting extreme. a lot of, lot of hell lately. Yeah. You know, I just don't understand the point of what we're doing. Are we, are we protecting podcast jobs? Is that what Because <laughs> if there's a podcast job out there that's going to pay me some good money, I would love to go down to one job a, a day. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Same. <laughs> Protecting that cash of podcast money. (laughs) So uh, switching gears just a little bit. Secret space program. (laughs) Hard left turn from Josh. (laughs) That is so weird that you bring it up because all afternoon today, I've been thinking secret space program. Ah, that's funny. <laughs> Gosh, you've read I, my mind, man. <laughs> I've uh, I've been on a secret space program kick for the last probably week. Um, reading a lot of stuff, watching a lot of uh, documentaries and such, and so um, we we had uh, a gentleman on uh, Walter Bosley a few months back, and um, you know, yeah, towards he, the end of the awesome. interview, he said, um, uh, "I'd like you know, yeah." 
you like, I want to come on sometime and talk to you all about the Secret Express program, but I'll tell you right now, I don't think we have one. And so um, I've just been really thinking about, you know, all the stuff that's out there with the the patents for the TR3B and everything that exists on, you know, you can find a Google patents and everything. And I'm just, so where I'm, where I'm stuck right now is part of me is like, you know what, this sounds plausible. But then the other part of me is like, what if it's all just misdirection? Um, and, and misinformation that really we don't have a super space program and we really are technical, technologically outmatched to have been since World War II. Just going to leave you there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to answer that this way because at our fan party in Las Vegas that we had a couple weeks ago, our first annual Spaced Out Radio fan party and next year when we do it again guys you got to make sure you come oh well uh, we're in phoenix so we'll we'll, we'll yeah. be there i mean we're gonna do a full day's conference there and we're gonna have entertainment right until like midnight that night and it's gonna be a blast but that's for another conversation for another day <laughs> one of the um topics that came up was secret space program by someone that I will say is in the know. And I never give this person up. So even if you tell me, ask me like, who is it? Uh, my, my lips are sealed. <laughs> I, I will say this. I have, I believe there is a secret space program with some of these craft. I don't know where they're, they're parking them. I don't believe there's a garage on the moon where they're storing TR-3Bs. Okay. Um, I don't even think TR-3Bs are, are human. I really don't, but I might be naive to that. But I never really believed the 20 and back club where they said they went to Mars for Ooh. 20 years and then they came back, had their minds scrubbed, their bodies scrubbed. Yeah. And then Vegas came. And now the people who I trust for information are now saying, how do we get this into the public? Mm. And I'm so sitting what? here and I'm sitting here saying, how do you get that out into the public? <laughs> so there's that, uh, the guy, and I can't think of his last name. It's like Corey. Uh, something I can't, I can blank it on his last name. Well, beyond Corey Good, David Wilcock, Corey Good, thank Randy, you, Randy Kramer, and others. No, so I just want to tie this into something else. So, um, a couple of months back, we covered the Montauk project. Um, and one of the things that the main guy in the Montauk project talked about is how he was basically age regressed, right? At the end of the Montauk project, he was age regressed to put back into the field. It's just like a technical support person. Talking about Preston um, Nichols, and, right? Yes, Preston Nichols. Thank you, Steph. So, the tie-in there with Montauk Project and the whole conversation around age regression as it relates to the Secret Space Program, well, now I've got two seemingly unrelated topics or projects, if you will, that are both talking about similar uh, technology or scenarios now I'm like, well, maybe this is something that's maybe happening because I mean, I can't think of any reason why Preston Nichols would have included that and to, as some sort of a tie in the secret space. Uh, and I will quickly say, Josh, I've been reading the second book. <laughs> you should read the second book. <laughs> it it okay. talks more about some of that. People stuff. are not going to be able to handle aliens. Now, if they get into the fact that we have the ability to time travel, to regress people's lives in a 20 and back and have these craft that have been able to fly to Mars, Jupiter, um, Alpha Centauri, you know, fueling up on the sun or whatever they're doing. This is just going to mess with yeah. people's heads. And I'm telling you, I, I'm a firm believer time travel is real. After this person in Vegas told me this, I believe that the entire super soldier program is real. Mm -hmm. I believe that that the secret space program is real. And and trust me, 
if it isn't real, I want to believe a lot, man. Yeah, same. I do. Same. I'm I'm with you 100%. I I man, I don't know. It, it to and as fascinating as it all is and as as outlandish and all of that stuff, it answers questions more than than anything else does for me. You know, um, I I was abducted as a kid and and things like that. And it answers some of those questions, you know, so there's <laughs> I don't know. I'm with you. I, I and if it's not, I want to I want to believe it more because yeah. if I find out that I've just been jack handled my entire life by some government guy, that's going to piss me off way more than a secret space program. Dude, it's going to piss me off because when I first got abducted and I saw the three little gray dudes, I was 38 years old mm. or 40 years old. Pardon me. I mean, that was only eight years ago when I woke yeah. up on the tape and I want to know what kind of soldiers look like them little gray dudes and how they yeah. fit in those. Yeah. Kids. How do they fit in there? Right. Exactly. You know, it's, it's funny, too, because um, not funny, haha, but interesting. We'll say so. Um, this is getting going to get weird a little bit but that's what we're here for. So a couple of years ago, I uh, started on a spiritual journey and one night I was laying in bed and I had a psychic conversation with some entity and I asked them um, what the alien greys were. And the response back was, is that, well, they're like androids of sorts. We, we needed worker bees, we needed robots. And so we created them to perform our more remedial, remedial tasks that we couldn't you know, use people for. So now fast forward, I was watching a documentary with Corey Good in it. He was talking about how the gray alien guys are like robots on the inside. And that they don't really have blood per se. They have like some sort of a fluid that pumps through their bodies and so on and so forth. Oh, so, okay. yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's like, you know, now that kind of adds support to this weird thing that happened to me two years ago. So yeah, it's just really interesting stuff. Oh, yeah, dude. We're just going deep. We're going deep on the, on the show. I mean, I don't even know. Uh, I don't even know what the hell is going on. I don't know. You know, it, the more I go into this, the more mundane society becomes to me. You know, like, you like guys, 10 years ago, I'm a diehard Vancouver Canucks fan uh, or a hockey fan. I'm a diehard baseball fan. I can go upstairs and my, I'll give you an example. Before this interview, I was sitting on my couch having a piece of pizza for dinner and there's NHL playoff hockey on, there's major league baseball on, and I'm watching the first 48 on A&E reruns. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm thinking to myself, you know, I, I was literally sitting, I'm laying back and I'm like, you know, there there is, you know, Pittsburgh versus New York right now, and that <laughs> seems a pretty good series. But man, you know, like it told this is totally numbing my brain over here. Yeah. And that's the way society is now, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look at people every day and the and I only know this much. Okay? Yeah. I know what's happened to me and I know what some of my sources you know, while we were on on here, I got a text message from Lou Elizondo on a question that I had. So when you see me, when you saw me look down earlier, I was I was looking at Elizondo's tweet. His ears not, were burning. His ears were burning. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking I got to get up for work tomorrow, and not a single person and they all know what i do at night they all know what i do at at my work for my moonlighting job yeah and not a single one of them has a clue of the impact of what we are dealing with and we're the fringe of society we're the morons i know you know yep and and they have no clue. In the meantime, everybody and their dog should know who Lou Elizondo is. Mm-hmm. Right? Everybody and their dog should know that there is some big stuff going on and it isn't Russia Ukraine. And it yeah. isn't, you know, how bad Gary Bettman's hair looks for the thirtieth year he's been in power of the NHL. You know? <laughs> Like you, you just can't do that anymore. You know, it isn't about, uh, 
you know, the Kardashians and and fake boobs and tight dresses and high heels and and horrible music that's being played today. Mm-hmm. It isn't about that anymore, man. Like, I, I would wish more people would wake up and and, yeah. and see that the messages are coming through, man. Yep. And how much I mean, do you have- do? How much do you do when you're watching even like First Forty Eight or any of those shows like that? The mundane shows that you're like. I bet you that was an alien. <laughs> like, well, I can't I, even watch true crime without putting a paranormal edge to it anymore. <laughs> you know, there are certain times you look at it, you're like, yeah, that house is now haunted. Yep. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that she's leaving that one. No. Nope. You know, I mean, who was I listening to the other day? It was an incredible story that this rich couple... I think he was a musician. They rented out Mama Cass's old house. Ooh. And he kept felt felt like he was choking at night. And then they realized that it was Mama Cass's house and we all know how she died. Yep. And it was like he was he was always full, like something was feeding him at night. That's ridiculous. Ooh. It tasted like yeah. ham. Why? <laughs> <laughs> The overall picture, guys, and I know we're running out of time here, but the overall picture is this. I don't know what's going on. I have an inkling of what's going on. Mm -hmm. I have sources who tell me what's going on that I'm not allowed to say publicly. And we have a lot of people, good, hardworking, innocent people who would like to know what's going on with themselves. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, we don't know. Yeah. And we don't know what's happening in the forests with the cryptids. We don't know what's happening with ghosts because nobody actually wants to solve anything in the paranormal and the UFOs. Well, you know what? You got a better chance of winning a boxing matchup against Mike Tyson in his prime than finding out what the hell we know about UFOs. Yep. I, that's why I always, even the people that hate and Lorraine Warren, that's why I always gave them credit because they were legit ghost hunters they were there to cut them ghosts to kill them to get them to the light to get them out of that house like that's what they were doing you know what i mean like when they found anything they were always trying to exercise that house trying to do something you know and because i always do that i'm always like whenever we talk to a ghost hunter though i'm always like so cool i'm glad you do it for free that's neat you know but but what are you doing for them when when you're all done and you hand them the evidence and you say here's what we found what what does that do for them? Well, you know, we're just letting them know that they should be scared because we found things. Well, that's not helpful. Are you are you fi- finding them a priest? Are you are you finding them this that? Are you giving them, you know, resources to to deal with this now after you leave? Because all you're there for is to just go. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. At some point, it's got to stop. <laughs> you know, it ain't stopping with us, man. No. You know, I mean. The amount of times I pulled out my hair this year alone, whether it's people using the word squatch, uh, paranormal people, <laughs> people claiming they're scientists, uh, everything in ufology being a hoax. Ugh. I mean, at what point do we just say, Calgon, take me away? away. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I will say as an experiencer and someone who felt alone for a long time, I'm glad we do live in a more public time for this stuff because I do feel less alone. All the people that we've interviewed and talked to and all the stories yeah. that people send us and all kinds of things like that, that it is much easier these days to find like minded people, um, maybe not in person, but at least on social media. Um, and so if there's ever a time for experiencers to feel less alone, it's now. And I, I, I'm thankful for at least for that. Yeah. And I think that's a good, that's a good way to put it. I mean, you know what, there's going to come a point here very, very soon when experiencers are going to get the opportunity to tell a lot of people, I told you so, Yep. Mm-hmm. you know, whether or not the government allows it or not. I mean, we know now that they are looking into it. That came out recently that they're looking into everything with the phenomena from people getting healed by aliens to people getting who were burned. Saying, <laughs> getting burned or murdered or yep. or missing limbs or or clothing or even as far as a hybridization program. Mm-hmm. You know, it's coming out. It will come out. It has to come out. 
when there is no answer to that yep. how there is no answer to that what we do know is that it is it is being discussed and bandied about and as long as that conversation is taking place and the pentagon doesn't get their way of shutting things up i think we're in for a very interesting few years but you got to realize too guys this also opens up a big pandora's box yeah it does okay Okay, Stefan, like, how would you feel being an abductee knowing that your name is on some list in the Pentagon? Oh, I know. I know. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it feels like Nazi Germany sometimes. If, if I knew that the Canadian government had a record of me being abducted and they knew about it, I'd sue them. Yeah. They didn't protect me. Yep. Right? They haven't protected yep. me. And, Let's face it, down there where you are, it's much more litigious than up here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. There's a lot sure. of lot of things that the government doesn't want to come out. <clears throat> and I bet you it's because they know who's gone. Yeah. It's uh, one of them. 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, well, yeah, Dave, right man, now right- uh, Josh, we got to get out of here, man. I, I know okay. I hate to stop you too, Josh, but I am the timekeeper. That is my job. But Dave, we want to thank you so much, man. Dave Scott, Spaced Out Radio. Thank you so much for coming on. Where can people find you if they have not, stupidly have not, in my opinion, <laughs> listened to you yet? <laughs> All over social media, uh, YouTube, um, any podcast platform, and our website, spacedoutradio.com. And uh, we'd love to add you along, man. Come along for the ride on the Woo Train. Oh. That's what we do. Bring it. Bring it, man. That's all I'm saying. So make sure you guys are checking out Spaced Out Radio. Dave Scott, Josh, love you, brother. I'm sorry for cutting you off, man. I apologize. Yeah, that's okay. You know, that's okay. I'll say it next time. Thank you, Dave Scott from yes. Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Radio. Spaced yeah, out. Um, fantastic show. Fantastic conversation. I could have gone on for several more hours. Oh man, Dave! If you're listening, dude, I I, I want to keep talking to you forever and ever. Um, we oh, will yeah. be glad to have you come on back on the show a hundred million times, and uh, we're all about getting out to uh, <laughs> your guys' um, fan event next year. We're, especially if it's in Vegas again, we're there. Yeah, we're driving there. Um, you know, so next time I'm, on, I'm looking I'll at it, Josh, you. and it's paranormal convergence, and I'm like. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, if you come on again, next time I'll ask you what your thoughts are. You think the gray aliens are, you know, juvenile Sasquatch? Well, the one thing we didn't get a chance to because we were talking about everything else, but uh, on on his bio, um, he talks about uh, personal sightings of five extraterrestrial species and one that's nicknamed Carl. So next time, Dave, or if we get on your show next time, uh, I want to talk about Carl. That's, <laughs> we just yeah. didn't have time. Dog nabbit. Um, but I want to talk about Carl. <laughs> so, uh, but we don't Josh, talk about Carl. We don't Sorry, talk I'm... about Carl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what a fantastic show. Good times. Uh, make sure to go to spacedoutradio.com. Uh, there you can get all the links to everything and check out all the shows, the episode vaults. Uh, there's even there. Watch live on YouTube. You can get all that. Uh, theconvergenceenigma.com. Theconvergenceenigma.com. Check out all of our old episodes uh, and see what we got going on there. Uh, but we love you guys. We're going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, Josh, it's been a pleasure as always. It has been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. And, uh, as usual, big shout out to all of our listeners out in the UK. I love you guys. And thank you guys for always hitting me up. It makes makes my day. Um, but we're going to go ahead and rock and roll. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the convergence enigma with Josh and Stefan here on the unethics network, as well as the fearscape media network. You can check out all the rest of the fearscape media network shows at fearscapemedia.com. We've even got bourbon spirits with Keith age getting ready to drop around the corner. We checked out the first episode. Y'all get ready. It's going to be good. Um, But yeah, other than that, this has been Stefan. And uh, just a reminder, keep your eyes on the skies. And this has been Josh. The truth is now. And remember, folks, keep questioning. Keep searching. Good night, everybody. Good night.